see here is you see the surrendered life. Because in all that's going on here, Mary finds herself now as a willing participant in it. And all that God does in and through Jesus can be traced back to this humble virgin's willingness to join God in what he wants to do. When you're merging into traffic, you have to yield to the cars that are coming down the road. Demanding your way and pushing in can cause a major accident. In today's message, Pastor Daniel shares that you need to yield to God as you merge into his work in the world. As you study Mary's response to the news that she would give birth to the Messiah, you'll see that she surrendered her life to the Lord and willingly participated in what he was doing. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Luke chapter 1 as he continues his message called The Announcement. God is the high and holy one, and God loves to dwell with those who are humble and contrite. So really, God brings the sacred peace, and then humanity brings the humility peace to this thing. And in a lot of ways, Mary's response, and as we're going to see what's going on through this, we're going to see that Mary is not, well, of course an angel's coming to see me, and of course this is what's happening. She has this humility. And really what God is desiring from us is for us to have that same humility, that we embrace this way of living where we realize that God is infinite and we are finite, that God is great and we are small, that God is all-knowing and we're at best learning, that God is the perfect one and we are imperfect. Mary is a model here of humility, but it moves from the humble setting to verses 30 to 33 to the promise of the Messiah. Because Mary doesn't understand what's happening, but she gets the promise of the Messiah. Look what it says. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, you hear what's going on here. Mary is concerned. She doesn't know what's going on. She's afraid. There's this angel there. And and, and the angel, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, Now, that's not only true for Mary as it relates to the promise of the Messiah, Jesus. That's true for each one of us as we come to know Jesus as well. That in a lot of ways, just like Mary God wants our lives to be the womb into which Jesus is born into the world. Man, that's super deep. So I don't want you to miss what I just said there. Like, God wants your life and my life to, just like Mary, to be the womb through which Jesus enters the world. 
And that's what it's, as we say yes to Jesus, we put our faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus takes up residence within our lives and he births his kingdom in the midst of who we are. And so in a lot of ways, Mary is a forerunner for exactly what God wants to do in all of our lives. But Mary, she's got this blessing that is upon her because she's found grace in the eyes of the Lord, just like you and I when we come to know Jesus. God bestows his grace. We find grace in the eyes of God. It's God's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. I like to always define grace as G-R-A-C-E. I spell it out. God's riches at Christ's expense. Do you realize that right here, right now, no matter what your background is, that you have found grace in the eyes of God through the finished work of Jesus? That's the great hope that we have as believers. Now, for Mary, it's unique because notice what it says, verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, don't miss the fact that Mary was already, we've already been told that she was a virgin. She'd never consummated her marriage. She had never had any relations uh, with a man before. But now this angel is saying to her, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a son and I want you to name him Jesus. This reminds me, of course, of that great prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. It's Isaiah 7, 14. The virgin will conceive and bring forth a son, but it says you shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, what does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. That's what it means. So what's amazing is in Isaiah's prophecy, the name is actually a descriptive name, God with us. To Mary, his name is Jesus, which in the Hebrew would have been, you know, Yeshua or Jehoshua, which is literally God is our salvation. So Mary gets this promise, and, and this child that is going to be conceived in her womb, notice he says in verse 32, he shall be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So you notice the description. I mean, talk about when, you, when you're having a child, you get a prophecy like this. It's like, whoa, he's going to be great. He's going to be known as the son of the highest. He's going to be known as the son of God. And God is going to place him on the throne of his father David, fulfilling the Davidic covenant that you read about in 2 Samuel chapter 7 where God promised David that one of his descendants would always be on his throne. Jesus is the fulfillment of this. And not only that, then he goes on to say, and of his reign, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. So Jesus becomes the king who will always be king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and of his kingdom there will be no end. It's an eternal reign. This is the work of the Messiah, God's promise to the children of Israel. We start awaiting the Messiah all the way back in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve fell, the seed of the woman, crushing the head of the seed of the serpent. All through the scriptures, this promise of the Messiah is coming. And now to this virgin in Nazareth of Galilee, the angel Gabriel shows up and gives this great promise. But you got to love Mary here. Because verse 34 says this, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? 
And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So now what you have here is you have the miracle is explained. We have the miracle explained. Because Mary, she's, she's smart. She's like, okay, well, how are we going to pull that off? She's like, there's going to be conceived in my womb. How can this be? I, I don't, I've never known a man. I've never consummated my marriage. Like, this is impossible. And I kind of I love Mary's pragmatic nature. She's not like, oh, like, oh yeah, sounds great, wonderful. It's like, well, hold on. I'm like, how are we going to pull this off? What's going on here? And then the angel Gabriel explains to her exactly how this miracle is going to happen. Now, we don't get all the details that we might want, but, but really what he says, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So you have this idea that Mary gets to bring humanity, the humility to the table, and the Holy Spirit brings the sacredness to the table. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. So God is bringing his son into the world through the human vehicle of Mary. Of course, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says it this way. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. I, lo I love how concise Matthew's gospel is. She was found a child of the Holy Spirit. See, I always think about what, what an amazing reality this must have been because you realize that once all this takes place and, and Mary comes to Joseph and says, hey, Joey, I just need you to know. I don't know if she called him Joey or not. That's what, you know, I just need you to know that like, I'm, I'm pregnant. And, and it says that you know, Joseph was a just man. He wanted to put her away privately. The idea is he wanted to divorce her in private so that she didn't get in trouble. And then God showed up to him in a dream and said, no, 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 listen. She wasn't unfaithful to you. This is my plan. She's got a child of the Holy Spirit within her. So really what you have here is you have Mary bringing the human frailty, the humility, the humanness to the equation, and the Spirit of God is bringing the sacredness to the equation. See, that's why, you know, there's, within some segments of Christianity, predominantly in Catholicism, there's this belief that Mary, you know, was the mother of God, which the Bible never teaches. Mary was the mother of Jesus' humanity. In order for God to take on flesh in the incarnation, God needed to enter into humanity. And so Mary gets to bring the humanity to the table. But the Holy Spirit brings the divinity to the table, the sacredness to the table. Now, I bring all this up because you might be saying, like, so physical, but what does all this have to do with me? Well, guess what? In our lives, the same thing is true. God, by his spirit, brings sacredness to our lives by... God's kingdom through the finished work of Jesus being a part of our lives. And we bring the frailty and the humility. God loves to have this treasure dwell in earthen vessels. And so the best things about your life and my life is actually Jesus in us. 
what the Spirit of God wants to birth in our lives as we move through the world. And sure, we get to have all these amazing experiences. We get to, you know, have relationships and God moves in different ways. We get to do the work of ministry. We get to achieve all these different things as everyone has different gifts and talents. You know, you have jobs and in your school you get to learn. We get to grow. All these things happen. But the best thing about us is not our natural giftings that we have. The best thing about us is the sacred reality of Christ in us, which is the hope of glory, which we studied in Paul's letter to the Colossians. Just like Mary, Mary brings the humility, but God brings the sacredness. And that's the same thing that's true in all of our lives. When you realize that I bring frailty to the table, but God brings majesty to the table. I bring imperfection to the table, but God brings perfection. I bring flaws, but God brings grace. And we get to move through this world in this humble, sacred paradox. But God has his ways of doing his work that the Spirit of God can overcome all of the limitations of humanity. So we move from the humble setting to the promise of the Messiah to the miracle explained, but there's really one more piece of all this that I think is, it's so beautiful and we almost miss it. Because look at what happens in verse 36. It says, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know what's so beautiful about this? What you see here is you see the surrendered life. Because in all that's going on here, Mary finds herself now as a willing participant in it. And all that God does in and through Jesus can be traced back to this humble virgin's willingness to join God in what he wants to do. I can't even fathom, imagine Mary, well, yeah, ain't no way. Not doing it. Thank you. I'm too busy. I got too many things going on. No, her, her life is surrendered to the Lord. And she realizes now that God wants to do a work and she gets to be a part of that work and she's willing to take the step of faith. So, but before this all happens, before Mary surrenders, the angel Gabriel fills Mary in on another secret. The fact that Elizabeth, her relative, had also conceived a son in her old age. And if you remember the story from earlier in in Luke chapter one, where Zacchaeus and Elizabeth had been barren. And then God promised a child. Of course, the descendant of Zacchaeus and, or Zacharias, excuse me, and Elizabeth was uh, John, who we know as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. But Mary finds out, hey, there's also another child. She's in her sixth month. She's a little farther along than you. But your relative Elizabeth is pregnant. And even though she was barren, with God, nothing is impossible. And it's almost like the angel Gabriel shares with Mary a story of someone else with a miraculous birth because Elizabeth and Zacharias had not had a child the whole time. And now all of a sudden, in her old age, Elizabeth is pregnant. And he's like, listen, with God, everything is possible. And then Mary's like, all right, if that's the case, 
I'm your main servant. I, I, I serve at your pleasure, Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And what I love about this is the angel uses the testimony of God in someone else's life to prompt Mary to trust that God could do something extraordinary in and through her humble life. And in a lot of ways, that's what God wants as we are fully engaged as a church family. As you see God using somebody, then you're like, oh, if God could use that person, maybe God could use me. And guess what? That's exactly what God wants. And if you read in those scriptures, 1 Corinthians, it talks about how God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Why? Because when somebody who is humble gets to be a part of God's plan, they never want to take the glory. They know God did that work. And in a lot of ways, when you look around, you're like, well, why would God use that person? That person isn't so great. They have a bad past. They're not so smart. God does that so that nobody takes the credit for what God is going to do. But when you see God using a knucklehead who's kind of like you, then you're like, hey, if God can use them, maybe God could use me. I think that's why God called me into the ministry. I think when God does a work and I'm, in, I'm anywhere around it, and someone's like, man, if God can use the dreadlock guy, then God can use me. Which is exactly what God wants because then all of a sudden, when God is inviting you into his life and the work he wants to do, then we start to say yes to that. And this, of course, reminds me of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It's such a simple concept, but so hard for us. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. See, what this verse is saying to us, just like we see with Mary, is that Mary left up to her own devices like, man, I, this can't happen. I've never known a man. But the angel's like, no, no, the Holy Spirit's going to do a work. And so she trusts the Lord with all her heart. She doesn't lean on her own understanding. She chooses to acknowledge the Lord and God directs her path. And this is exactly what God is wanting to do in each one of our lives. Do you trust the Lord with all your heart? If you do, you will not lean on your own understanding. Like, I am constantly learning this, that trusting God means not trusting my own wisdom. And let's be honest, we make all of our decisions based on, this is my wisdom. This is what I understand. This is what I think I know right now. And then God's like, no, no, I want to do something else. You're like, no, 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 Lord, you can't do that because that doesn't make sense to me. Listen, what God does should never make sense to us because God is perfect and we are not. God is all-knowing. We don't know all that much. And so when God invites you into what he wants to do, it never is going to make sense to us. So you say, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, but I'm going to trust the Lord. And that's exactly what Mary's doing. I mean, never before, maybe in, his, I mean, in history, this was before in vitro fertilization where a woman who didn't have sexual relations with a man could be pregnant. This was before fertility doctors. This was long before all of that stuff. This was not possible. But with God, the impossible is possible. There's no such thing as impossible with God. So then it comes down to Mary simply trusting the Lord and surrendering. I love that phrase. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Man, right now, I want you to say that to the Lord. Say, behold, your servant, Lord. If you're, if you're a woman, the maidservant. If you want the, the good Shakespearean language, you men say, the manservant of the Lord. You know? Well, you, you're presenting yourself surrendered, Lord. I'm here as your servant. Let it be to me according to your will. See, I love that because when we say, Lord, not my will be done, but your will, really what we're saying is, Lord, it's not about what I want, it's about what you want. 
And Lord, I am willing to subordinate. I'm willing to accept and push up what you want so that, and that pushes down what I want. So you say, Lord, it's not about me getting my way. Lord, what do you want? And that is a surrendered life. And the key for all of us is, can we do this every single day? In all, every single circumstance, can we find ourselves in that surrendered place where we're trusting God, we're not leaning on our own understanding? And listen, in all of our lives, the life that God wants to birth in you always comes beyond what you understand. And like, that's why I always love, I love reading the Bible because God's ways are so weird to me. And I, and I mean that in the most beautiful version of the word weird. Because like in God's economy, the way to true lit riches is through self-sacrificial generosity. That doesn't make any sense, right? The, the way to, you know, to true happiness is through humility and mourning, you don't believe me, go read the beginning of the Beatitudes. See, God's ways are not like our ways. And so, like I think of Abraham. Remember when God had promised the land to Abraham and Abraham and his nephew Lot and all their people, they were starting to have issues. They were, everything was growing. They were being blessed and they were fighting about it. And Abraham and Lot decide they're going to separate. And Abraham says, Lot, you get to choose which way. Well, no, no, God already gave Abraham the land. Like it makes no sense, but... Abraham trusted that no matter what Lot chose, God's will would still be done. It doesn't, like, you'd be like, no, no, God gave me this land. I am not going to give that to you. No, no. That's not what Abraham does. He's like, Lot, you choose. God's got this. See, God's ways are unique, and we need to learn as his children how to live lives that are surrendered to him. Because if not, you're going to live lives based on your own understanding, and then you don't have to trust God, and then all the things that God wants to do won't come to pass. So it comes us to us saying, God, I know what I know, but your word knows better. Lord, I know what I know, but your ways are higher. Your thoughts are better than mine. And so, Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm game. And what I have found is that when I'm willing to do that, then God reaches into my life in the most unique ways. I see myself, I find myself involved in like, how did this ever happen? And I'm not saying I always do it, but every day I want to live more surrendered than the day before. And I'm here to tell you, your surrenderedness yesterday does not ensure that you'll be living surrendered today. Right? So, you know, the Apostle Paul said it this way, having begun in the Spirit... Do you seek to be made perfect in the flesh? The idea is sometimes you can begin being like, I'm surrendered, and then along the way, you want to control everything, do it based on your own plans. I know this really well. But God wants us, like Mary, to live that surrendered life. Behold your servant, Lord. Let it be to me according to your will. What a powerful, powerful way for us to move into the holiday season together where we realize humility and sacredness meet together in Jesus and that humble sacred reality is also what God wants for us. We bring the humility which says, God, I trust you, not myself. I surrender to you, not to my own will. And then we walk and we see what God wants to birth in our lives. Jesus is God wants to work in and through you in ways that will blow your mind. But as much as you may want that for yourself, Pastor Daniel shared that you'll miss out if you don't surrender your life to the Lord. 
Today, you saw Mary's choice to yield to God, her willingness to let go of her own plans and ideas and let him take the reins. Pastor Daniel challenged you to follow her example and live a surrendered life. Then you'll experience the amazing things God has in store for you. Hey, everybody. I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's word and helps us reach more and more people. Thank you for considering partnering. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will invite you to study the events of Mary's visit to Elizabeth. Right after hearing that Elizabeth is pregnant, Mary leaves town to help her. She chose to humbly serve her relative even after the shocking news that she would give birth to the promised Messiah. Pastor Daniel will help you understand how to apply Mary's example of humble service in your own life. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Humble Sacred. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.